Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello Church. Today I want to talk about being healed from post-traumatic stress disorder. Now you might think that's a strange topic, but actually the word trauma is a Greek word and it occurs in the Bible, both in the New Testament, which was written in Greek, but also there is a Greek version of the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but a translation in Greek was made and the word trauma is there as well. And particularly in Isaiah 53, where it's talking about Jesus' death on the cross. We are looking to Easter now. We are coming into our Easter season and we're looking at Jesus' death on the cross. And today I want to look at how Peter, the great apostle Peter, the rock that Jesus said he would build his church upon, was actually shaken and weak and almost gave up his faith because of trauma in his life and how the cross and Jesus paying for our sins healed Peter. But it wasn't simply a quick healing. It was a process. And we're going to learn so much from this. I myself have been through trauma and I can confidently say that you have too. The definition of trauma is the response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope. That is what trauma is. And we see it right from early childhood. We come across events and circumstances that alarm us, that disturb us, that shock us, that frighten us, that hurt us. And we build up a response. And when it overwhelms us and we can't cope, then unhealthy responses happen. The original word trauma referred to a physical wound or bruise or cut. And that's why you have trauma centers in hospitals, because it is a physical wound. But those physical wounds can heal much more quickly and much better than emotional wounds. And the reason for that is because when God created human beings, Adam and Eve, we were created to live in a sinless world where we don't sin, but also nobody else sins against us, and where God is in control as opposed to an evil manipulator called the devil. And because we weren't created for this world where people can hurt us so much, where events can happen that are so disturbing to us, or where there is a devil attacking us, we don't know how to respond. And so we try to respond, but wounds and deep bruises happen in our hearts and in our lives that the devil can use to pull us along and manipulate and hurt us even further, but that Jesus died to heal. The famous verse is Isaiah 53 and verse 5. It says, but he was wounded and in the Greek version of the Old Testament, that's the word traumatizo, which is traumatized. He was traumatized. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So Jesus was wounded physically. He was cut and beaten. Uh, his beard was plucked out. He had thorns put in his, his head, spear put in his side. Uh, he was bruised. There was so much bruising from all the wounds that he endured. 
for our iniquities, the chastisement or punishment of our peace was upon him. And that word peace for me is the opposite of post-traumatic stress disorder. You could say Jesus is the post-traumatic stress dissolver because the punishment for our peace, the healing for our trauma and stress was upon him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And it wasn't just physical. He was separated from God. Everybody around him was, was mocking and, and insulting him. Uh, he was treated as all the sin of the world was upon him, both by God and by people. And it was a trauma emotionally, but he handled it. He overcame it. And he rose again three days later to show there is healing. And then the last phrase in that verse is, by his stripes, we are healed. By his scars, those marks on his body, but also on his mind and emotions, we are healed. But it is a process. And Peter went through that process. There were several events in Peter's life that I just want to give you to give you some context to this final healing process. I'm going to take you through a story. So it starts off when Jesus first meets Peter. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, and he gives him a new name and he calls him Cephas or Peter, which means stone. Simon means reed, which is blown around and easily broken. And he says, you will become a stone. Starts off by calling him a new name. Then there was this amazing event where Peter and his friends were fishing. Jesus got on the boat, gave a sermon, and then he asked them to push out into deep water. And in Luke 5, verse 5, Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Their net was breaking. They signaled to their partners and the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Matthew 4 verse 19 tells us that Jesus then said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This was a major, major event in Peter's life. The renaming from Simon, son of Jonah, to Peter, and this, this huge miraculous catch of fish where Jesus said, follow me now. And they left their nets, they left their fishing, and they became fishers of men. And over the next three years, they followed Jesus, they learned from him, they made mistakes, they had victories, they saw people healed, demons cast out, Peter walked on water. Amazing things happened. And then I want to rush forward now to just before, the night before Jesus is crucified. And Peter has grown to the point where Jesus has said to him, On you, this rock, I will build my church. And in Matthew 26, verse 33, Jesus has said to him that Satan is going to try and, and sift you like wheat and test you. And Jesus says, I prayed that your faith should not fail. And in Matthew 26, 33, Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. This is a very important point in Peter's life. He is saying, even if all the other disciples, all the other people who followed you around, even if everyone deserts you, denies you, um, disappoints you, I will not. 
I've failed other times, but this time I will not. I will go with you. He even goes on to say, um, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. That's in verse 35. Even if I have to die. Peter made a, a, a line in the sand. He said, I failed before, but I will not fail this time. It was a big deal. Jesus had warned them that he was going to die. Um, and he even warned Peter. He said, you know, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And Peter said, no, others may. But even if I have to die, I'm willing to die. Now you're getting some context. And then they were praying in the garden. Um, the soldiers came. Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter cut off one of the, the people's ears with his sword and Jesus healed the ear. Jesus was taken a prisoner and John and Peter followed. John knew the person um, who would let them into the place where Jesus was being tried and where he was being questioned. And John let them both in. And in verse 17 of John 18, it says, Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. So this, this incident where he denies Jesus that I've just read is the second time. He denied him once before. The second time this lady asked him, a servant girl asked him, as she's letting him into the place where Jesus is being tried, do you know me? He says, no. And it says there's a fire of coals. It's a Greek word, anthrakia. It only occurs twice in the whole Bible. And it says, Jesus warmed himself. They warmed themselves. There was a fire of coals. And then a couple of verses later in verse 25, it says, Peter stood and warmed himself. It makes a big deal of this event. Jesus is, is being tried in this room. They are really giving him a hard time. Peter and John are at a distance near the fire, warming themselves. Peter has already denied Jesus twice. And then in verse 25, it says, Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. And they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him, whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied again. So that was the third time. And immediately a rooster crowed. And now we see in Luke's account what happened immediately after that. So Jesus is in the room. They're next to a fire. Peter's denied him three times. Luke 22, 61 says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter as soon as the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Friends, we can brush over those words, but I want to say to you that this trauma that Peter went through was an extreme trauma. He'd given up everything. He'd given up fishing. He'd followed Jesus. He'd had his whole expectation of the future changed. He'd been told Jesus would use him to build his church. He'd promised he wouldn't deny him. He would die with him. He denied him three times. Jesus looked at him as he denied him. And Peter goes outside and he weeps bitterly. That is a trauma that we as humans were not designed to be able to handle. We weren't designed to, to endure the guilt and the sense of self 
loathing and failure that happens when we sin. We weren't designed to enjoy the threats of people wanting to kill Jesus and maybe kill us. Uh, All the trauma and stress that was going on. And I want to say to you, my dear friend, you have been through some trauma. Some of us less than others. Some of us have led a charmed life. But Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. John 16, 33. Um, And we know in Matthew 18, he says things that cause offense or sins will happen but woe to the man through whom they come. There there is going to be pain. There is going to be trauma in your life. People will hurt you. You will disappoint yourself and disappoint God. You will have trauma and how you handle it is important because there are two ways to handle this. There is a godly way and there is a worldly way. 2 Corinthians 7 speaks about a godly sorrow that leads to repentance and leaves no regrets. In other words, you can go through trauma and with God's healing and your own saying sorry and getting your thoughts straightened and getting healed by the Lord, you can come to a place where there are no regrets. No regrets. And Peter in Acts chapter 3 stands up and preaches to the crowd. He says, you denied the Holy One. He was so guilty about it here, but he was healed later so that he could say, no, no, it wasn't just me. You did it as well. So you can come to a place of healing, but... The opposite is a worldly sorrow that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7 leads to death. And Judas also denied and betrayed Jesus. He did not handle it properly. And he eventually committed suicide because he couldn't work out how to deal with this trauma. And I want to show you today that there is a way of healing and dealing with it. Just before I get to the the healing part In Luke 23, 49, talking about Jesus hanging on the cross, it says, But all his acquaintances, all of Jesus' acquaintances, and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Peter is there with the hot tears still running down his cheeks, the pain and the guilt and the self-accusation going on in his heart, the confusion, the, the utter desolation. And he's looking at Jesus from a distance, dying on the cross. And he's thinking to himself, maybe I could have stopped this. Maybe I should have done something, said something. Maybe it should be me on that cross dying because I promised that I would. We know then that Jesus rose again on the first day. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, then to some women. He appeared briefly to Peter on his own, but it was very brief because then he appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus and then to all the disciples All on that first day, there were many appearances of Jesus. And so Peter saw him once on his own briefly, and then once with the other disciples. But then six weeks passed, 40 days until Jesus' ascension to heaven. And in that time, Peter only saw Jesus one more time in six weeks. And that was with all the other disciples. He never saw him again on his own. And Peter is now wondering and questioning, have I been forgiven? What's going on? Have I disqualified myself? And in John chapter 21, this is the healing. This is where Jesus as the post-traumatic stress dissolver is shown. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. This is the Sea of Galilee. They've gone down to Galilee. Verse three, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. 
And they said, we are going with you also. This is significant because Jesus had told them to leave their nets and to become fishers of men. And Peter says, I'm going back. There's trauma. There's a whole lot of emotion and confusion going on. I'm going fishing. What I want to show you in this passage is the number of ways Jesus' death on the cross pays for our healing and pays for our forgiveness. But there is a process we go through to appropriate that healing and to have uh, our memories healed and to receive that forgiveness. And it involves remembering things with Jesus there, his presence there and his healing resurrection power at work in our lives. And I want to show you in the space of a couple of hours here, Peter is healed. Peter says, I'm going back to fishing. Verse four, when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. What's happening here? Jesus is helping Peter to remember at the right time. He left a gap of several weeks for Peter to process things. You know, the Lord sometimes deals with our healing and our emotions over time because we can't handle it all at once. And I found sometimes years later, after an event, the Lord will bring something to my memory and through prayer and repenting and receiving his power and his forgiveness, I'm able to be healed. And so this is several weeks after Peter first sees Jesus resurrected, that that Jesus reminds Peter of the catch of fish. He's taking him right back to the early days when he first met him. Why did Peter put on his outer garment and plunge into the sea? It doesn't say, but I think he thought he might walk on water <laughs> because you don't put on your garment if you want to swim. Anyway, that's just my opinion. The other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there. That's that word anthracia. It only appears here and when it talks about Peter denying Jesus three times. Little fire of coals. Jesus is trying to help Peter heal by remembering the trauma in the presence of Jesus' healing, resurrection, forgiving power. And I believe that's probably what God is doing in your life in certain areas right now. He's healing some traumas. As soon as they come, they saw a fire of coals and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were, no, there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Interesting that when Jesus rises again, it requires eyes of spiritual eyes to really see the real Jesus because he's now he's got a resurrection body. He's still Jesus, but there's enough of a difference that you need the spiritual eyes to be able to know that it's really him. He's himself, but in a in a brand new resurrection body. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So Peter had seen him once on his own, once with the other disciples apart from Thomas, once with Thomas, 
And now this is the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples, but the fourth time he'd appeared to Peter in a period of six weeks. And no significant conversation had happened yet where Peter said, I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry I denied you. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah. Why did he call him Simon, son of Jonah? He hadn't called him that since the very first time he called him and changed his name. And he's saying to him, let's remember, let's heal, let's deal with the trauma. Because emotions and, and trauma and pain in our hearts does not just go away. We can't just sweep it under the carpet. We need to look at it and allow the resurrection, healing power and forgiveness of Jesus to come in. And Jesus calls him again, like he did right at the start. The miraculous catch of fish, the fire of, of coals. Simon, son of Jonah, he says, do you love me more than these? Now, in English, it just says, do you love me more than these? But he used the word agape, which means the God kind of love where you'll lay down your life. And he says more than these, because do you remember? Peter had said, Lord, I love you more than these. I'll die for you, even if all of these deny you. He was saying, do you really love me more than these? Agape. And... Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he used the word phileo, which is human love. He says, Lord, you know, I promised that I would lay down my life, but you know how weak I am. Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. There's healing, there's forgiveness, there's a restoration. There's a repeating of his commission to build his church. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? Simon said, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo, human love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Now, why does he have to say it two times? Well, there's a third time because he's again reliving the trauma of denying Jesus three times. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And this time he used the phileo word, the human love word. Do you really even human love me? Because you see, forgiveness is not just a, an easy sloppy thing where where the sin is just taken away and we don't feel any pain repentance involves working it through and Jesus paid such a high price that when I receive that forgiveness I feel the pain of his death for my sin and he says do you do you even humanly love me Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time do you phileo me and he said to him Lord you know all things you know that I love you. You know that I have the best human love that I can for you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he said, most assuredly, I say to you, and he described how Peter was going to die, that he was going to be a martyr at his old age, because Peter had said, Lord, I will die for you. And Peter was expecting to die and be crucified with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you're going to die when you're old, but you've got work to do for me. Friends, I'm going to conclude by just telling you, trauma comes. The devil tries to bruise. Genesis 3, God says Satan's uh, serpent will try to bruise humans' heel, but the seed of Eve will bruise his head. And the devil tries to bruise and use trauma to cause you to go down Judas's route of despair and death. But God says, I can heal it. If you'll allow my power in, I can heal it. Jesus said, I was traumatized for your healing. The chastisement of your peace was upon me. But we need to involve Jesus. We need to go to him and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And listen to his words of saying, you're forgiven. 
you're accepted. Remember the memory. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Allow his power to flood and see his smiling face saying, look, I can use this for good in your life. I can use the failure and the pain and the trauma you've been through to cause you to be someone who can feed my lambs and tend my sheep. I can change it and make it something beautiful and powerful so that a godly sorrow leads to repentance and leaves no regrets. Friend, it is a process and it won't happen overnight, but I encourage you to take your pain to Jesus, your failure to Jesus, the things people have done to you to Jesus. Allow his forgiving resurrection power to flood in. Hear his words. Hear him correct untruths that you've believed about yourself, about the situation, about other people. Turn away from the sin. Receive his forgiveness. Pass that forgiveness on to those who hurt you and God will restore you and make you stronger than you were before. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the post-traumatic stress dissolver, that you were wounded and crushed and bruised for my healing. By your stripes, I'm healed both outward and inward. And Lord, thank you that I can have peace and that you can heal the trauma. Lord, I bring to you now that event that was so painful in my childhood or maybe in my adult life. And Lord, I ask you to show me where were you in that situation? What's your perspective on it? What lie did I believe? What bitterness have I held on to? And Lord, I receive your healing now. Lord, I see you in that situation, working it for good, bringing healing. And friend, I speak healing into your heart and into your life now. Spend time with Jesus. Have that discussion that Peter had about that trauma that happened to you and let his healing flood in. Forgive those who've hurt you. Forgive yourself and be restored to all that God has for you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.